0: I want to take our second reading uh, as my text uh, this morning from uh, John's first letter, uh, 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 17, which I want to read uh, so that it's fresh in our mind. And I want to invite you to turn there. It's toward the back. It's, the letters of John aren't so very far or, or, or aren't very uh, much before the, uh, the book of Revelation, the very end of the Bible. So if you go to the end of the Bible and come to Revelation, just a few more documents before that, and you'll find the first letter of John. There's three three letters of John, uh, but this is from 1 John. 1 John chapter 1 and beginning at verse 1, in which we read this. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, and which we have seen with our eyes, and which we have looked upon, and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message that we have heard from Him, that is Jesus, and proclaim to you that God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus his son cleanses or is cleansing us from all sin this morning i want to talk about koinonia koinonia the christian fellowship experience koinonia the christian fellowship experience Indeed, the Greek word koinonia, as it's found in the New Testament, means fellowship. And so that's what it's translated into English. Uh, Interestingly enough, in more recent years within the life of the church, the term fellowship uh, has come to to mean what what the church used to mean when it used the word social, uh, which in in the church usually referred to uh, things that uh, Christian people got together to do that didn't, really have anything directly to do with what we might call the church's religious life. That is to say, uh, Sunday worship or uh, uh, midweek uh, a Bible study and that sort of thing. Indeed, when uh, any of us hear the word fellowship, usually what comes to mind is, is uh, chatting and visiting. Uh, and that usually about things that have nothing directly to, to do. In fact, often very little to do uh, with what we believe as Christians. Uh, And not infrequently, this uh, fellowship, uh, so-called, involves eating and drinking together, uh, and and all that's great, uh, and we do it, and and we should. Uh, But in the New Testament, and in uh, this morning's text, fellowship, or koinonia, is in fact always a a community experience very much centered uh, in those things that we believe as Christians, uh, which things bind us together as believers, regardless of of what we may do for a living or wherever we might have gone to college or even if we hadn't gone to college, or or what our hobbies are or what neighborhood uh, where we live. Uh, And in the New Testament, as in our uh, morning text, koinonia, uh, biblically defined, is experienced in not less than two ways. And the first is what we might call apostolic koinonia apostolic koinonia that is to say the fellowship that we share with the apostles of christ themselves and us experiencing apostolic koinonia begins with the apostles own experience of fellowship with god in jesus christ which john tells us was extremely personal in fact if you notice again beginning at verse one in john's letter John writes, and that which was from the beginning, which we have heard and we've seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we've seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that, and this is a purpose clause, so that you too may have fellowship with us, the apostles. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Indeed, that you would respond to our message and in responding to it and experiencing what we experience, our joy might be complete or fulfilled. And so the Apostle's own experience of God in Jesus Christ was a a very personal experience. John refers to Christ as that which was from the beginning. The beginning, I mean, that's how the Bible starts, right? In the beginning, God created uh, or in even in John's own gospel. He wrote the gospel of John as well as this letter that we have. And he starts it the same way. Uh, in the beginning. And he refers to uh, Jesus as that which was from the beginning. Indeed, when God, cre- when God began to create all things, uh, uh, Jesus already was. Uh, th- he was there. Uh, he wasn't a part of the creation. In fact, Uh, john says in his gospel that christ himself was involved in the creation of all things which is another way of saying that jesus christ our lord is divine Uh, in in fact in our own text john calls jesus the living word or the word of life uh, and he calls him eternal life not the sort of thing you would expect anyone to call someone who is just a preacher or a teacher or a prophet, or even a, a healer. And, and, and this same language is used in John's gospel. He opens his the gospel of John in the same way. Uh, notice, in John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word. That's Jesus, whom he refers to in his letter as the, the living Word, the Logos. The explanation of all things, as the Greek Greeks thought of the logos. Um, John appropriates the word and applies it to Jesus. He's the reason that we have everything and why everything holds together and works the way that it does. In the beginning, when the beginning began, if you like, when creation, when God called creation into existence, just by speaking. You remember, and and God said, "Let there be light," and there was light, and so on. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with the God in the Greek. That is a reference to the Father. And he was with the Father. And the word was God as to his own personal character. Verse 2 of chapter 1 of John's Gospel. And he was in the beginning with God. That is with the Father. And then the key word, uh, the key verse here, verse 3. And all things were made through him. And that's why we have it in our creed, by the way. That's that's the Biblical statement for that statement or that article in our creed. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And John says in his gospel uh, that Jesus, the word, he who was without flesh but just spirit, uh, when he, together with the Father, called all things into existence, uh, th- this Jesus, the word, took on flesh. And so we have it uh, in John's gospel, chapter 1 and verse 14, this famous word, verse. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so John says in here in, in, in our text that, that he and the other apostles heard this infleshed uh, logos, this infleshed Christ. They, they, they heard him and, and they saw him. And they touched him, which was especially true, as you remember, uh, after the resurrection, uh, even in our, our, our own uh, uh, gospel reading today from, from John's, John's gospel again. Uh, the, in the 20th chapter, Jesus invites the disciples to look at my hands and, and touch me. As he said to Thomas, touch my hands and my feet. Here, move your hand and touch my side and see that it is I. We touched him, John said. Uh, and, and John says, and, and they had fellowship with Jesus. And in having fellowship with Jesus, John says in, in our text this morning, uh, they had fellowship with, with God the Father himself. In fact, in that uh, famous passage from John's Gospel again, John's Gospel, chapter 14, this this um, little dialogue between Jesus and Philip. Uh, and you remember, beginning at verse 8 in the 14th chapter of John, it says, and and Philip said to Jesus, Lord, referring to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and it'll be enough for us. And then Jesus uh, said to Philip, Philip, have I been with you so long, and you still don't know me? And then he said, Philip, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And so to accept Jesus was to accept the one who sent him, as Jesus often said. To have fellowship with Him would be to have fellowship with the Father, to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, because they're all spiritually united. And so John says in our text, in in verse three, he says, "Indeed, I, and our fellowship." He's speaking of himself and the apostles. Our fellowship is with the Father, and with His Son Jesus Christ. And then John invites us in the text uh, to to experience this as well, and, and to become a part of the apostolic koinonia to become to join them in apostolic fellowship indeed again in verse 3 he says and that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship koinonia with us an apostolic koinonia becomes something that we experience too uh, when we take for ourselves the the witness i mean they were i they were eyewitnesses they 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 they, uh, they were witnesses this is their personal testimony of, uh, like as if you went, if you went into court uh and 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 put your hand on the bible and said you promise to tell the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth so help you god they, they were they were telling that was their message what we experienced with christ and when we take to ourselves and make it our own, their testimony and their witness, uh, we come to, we enter into this apostolic koinonia, which is a a, a message that they were preaching, which Christ meant uh, to be preached. Uh, even in our own gospel, uh, gospel uh, uh, lesson t- t- today. Uh, and you are my witnesses, and I'm sending you out. As the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. And so the message just wasn't just for the apostles, but for the apostles to share uh, with others. uh, and So that the experience of the koinonia might be experienced beyond the apostles themselves. Indeed, as we read just moments ago in our own gospel reading from John's gospel in chapter 20, uh, Jesus, he says to Thomas, you know, because Thomas saw him and then he believed. But, but Jesus said this to Thomas. Have you believed because you've seen me, Thomas? And then notice what he says next. And blessed are those who have not seen. <laughs> That's you and me. I haven't seen him. Jesus says, and blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And when we believe. And when we take Christ as our Lord, as the apostles did, we become a part of the apostolic koinonia. We become one with them in the apostolic fellowship. And so that's the first thing and the first way in which we experience New Testament fellowship when through faith we become a part of the apostolic koinonia. But then, and, and more than that, is divine koinonia, apostolic koinonia, and then divine koinonia. That is, to, to, that, is that, that it's not just apostolic fellowship, and then by extension, fellowship with other believers who are a part of the, the apostolic koinonia because they believe too. But more than that, fellowship with God, divine koinonia. Indeed, uh, reading again, beginning at verse 3 in our text from 1 John. 1 John 1 and beginning again at verse 3. He he says, And that which we have seen and we've heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That's divine koinonia. And then verse 4, which is great. He says, and we're writing these things so that our joy may be complete. We want you to experience what we experience. And experiencing divine koinonia begins with God's own experience of fellowship, God's own experience of koinonia. That is a divine uh, uh, koinonia within the community of the person's, that, that we call God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Indeed, fellowship it first begins with them. In fact, this koinonia has always existed. You might refer to it as an eternal koinonia. In fact, God didn't need to create us or create the world in, in which to have something with which to have fellowship. Because the fellowship has always existed within the Godhead itself, between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This, by the way, is why God can be essentially love. Love always has to have uh, um, an object. And In fact, if God was only one single person, God couldn't be love, because love always has to have an object. But because there's koinonia, Uh, In God, in the community of the Trinity between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, God can be be love as well. The Father loving the Son and the Son loving the Father. and The Father loving the Spirit and the Spirit loving the Son and so on eternally. And so fellowship begins with God. And salvation is by definition us being drawn into uh, this community of fellowship, this divine koinonia. Indeed, as uh, someone uh, has written, the the goal of the Christian life is not you fitting God into your life, but you allowing God to fit you into his. It's an extraordinary thing. When we think about the Christian life and our relationship with God, oftentimes people think, well, you know, I make God a part of my life because I got my job and I got my my family, and I got my hobbies, and then I got God. Well, let's see, that's four things. So God's, uh, you know, number four. But that's not it at all. The Christian life is not about fitting God into our life. The Christian life is about us allowing God to fit us into his life. And divine koinonia becomes uh, something we experience when by faith we surrender ourselves to God as God and recognize him as God. Um, And when we do this, John says, uh, our koinonia with God uh, will have certain distinguishing characteristics, interestingly enough. Certain distinguishing characteristics. Indeed, notice again in verses five and seven, or five through seven. And John says, uh, and this message that, that we have heard from him, that we've heard from Christ, and proclaimed to you, is that God is light and in him is no darkness at all and if we say that we have fellowship or koinonia with him koinonia with god if we claim that while we walk in darkness we lie that's a lie and we're not practicing the truth verse seven but if we walk in the light as he god is in the light we have fellowship with one another (laughs) and the blood of jesus his son cleanses or is cleansing us, washing us from all of our sin. And so John says that uh, God is light and that in him is no darkness. Of course, this is a metaphor, light and darkness. Light stands for all that is good and true, with a complete absence of deception or falsehood or, or evil or any kind of moral corruption and while darkness is is, is just that uh, darkness is a metaphor for all that is evil and false untrue uh, and the quality uh, of our life john says will be revealed uh, whether whether we are are, are living uh, really in fellowship with god or, or uh, whether uh, any claim to be living in fellowship uh, with god uh, is really not true Uh, because uh, we're walking in darkness we're doing what's evil uh, rather than doing what is good referring again to John's gospel which of course is connected theologically and and so on in John chapter 3 verses 19 and 20 uh, John uh, talks uh, uh, again about this very subject but he puts it this way that might give us a shed a little light on what we're talking about John chapter 3 and beginning at verse 19. Uh, And he he writes, and this is the judgment that light has come into the world. That's Jesus, the light, right? Uh, The the women, Holy Cross women, remember that one. That's one of the I am's. I am, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Uh, This is the judgment. That light has come into the world. And then John says, but people love the darkness rather than the light. And why? Because their works were evil. <laughs> They're going to do evil. They want to do it in the dark where no one can see. And verse 20: for everyone, he says, who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. Uh, David Taylor, in his great book, uh, Open and Unafraid: The Psalms as a Guide to Life, wrote this about that. He said this. He said, "With our secrets, he we hide." He says, "With our secrets, we hide. We hide from others. We hide from ourselves. We're not honest with ourselves in the darkness. Ultimately, he says, we we hide from God. And in our hiding, we choose darkness over light, death, spiritual death instead of life, loneliness instead of connection." or as we might say, fellowship. You see, he goes on to say, and when Adam and Eve Eve sinned, their first impulse was to hide, (laughs) making clothes for themselves to hide their bodies. And when they heard the sound of their maker's voice in the the garden, they they hid from God. And in their lies that that they told him, they, they hid from the truth. And in their mutual accusations, Blaming one another for what had happened, they, uh, uh, David says, they hid from each other. He says finally, and in all of this, there was one result, and that was their dehumanization. But John says in 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 our text this morning, in that last verse, verse seven. But if we walk in the light has he god is in the light we have fellowship with one another because we have fellowship with god and the blood of jesus his son is cleansing us from all sin i love what uh, pastor brian clark said i used to listen to him on the radio he's not on the radio anymore uh, but he said this and i i quick scratched it down he said those who dance with god dance in the light i thought that was great those who dance with god those who are in fellowship with God, those who are walking or living with God, he says, those who dance with God, dance in the light. C.S. Lewis, when he was speaking on one occasion, giving a lecture to the Socratic Club in 1945, to be specific, he said this about light. He said, and the sun in particular, he said, I believe that the sun has risen not only because I can see it. But because by it, I can see everything else. Isn't that interesting? He said, I believe that the sun has risen not only because I can see it, because I can look at it, but because by the sun, by the light, I can see everything else. And indeed, light provides us with uh, many advantages. And when we walk in the light, as He, God, is in the light, we live in Koinonia. And fellowship with God. And so, what kind of life are you going to live? The Apostle has extended us his invitation. Indeed, through the Apostle, God is extending his invitation to you and to me to walk in the light, to live in communion with the Apostles and in communion with Him. Koinonia, the Christian Fellowship Experience. Let us pray. Lord, <laughs> the Christian life is so exciting. I don't know what, why anyone would think it was dull. Uh, we, we we talk about sometimes, you know, some dignitary or some celebrity, uh, and that we, we saw them up close, so we shook hands or or uh, we, we exchanged uh, pleasantries or something like that, or, 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 or maybe a story about uh, how we knew somebody famous and, and they knew us and so on. Uh, but to know you, to, to know the creator of the universe and the opportunity at your invitation to walk in your light and, and by your light to be able to see everything as it is, instead of to walk in the darkness, stumbling around and being hurt, hurting ourselves and others and all that would happen in the dark and all of the, all of the misperceptions of things that take place in the dark because we can't see things the way that they really are. Indeed, everything that we have ever hoped for in our lives, we find in you, even as Pascal said, that there's a God-shaped hole inside of all of us and only you, Lord, can fill that hole and make it completely filled and so as we think of what john was saying things inspired through his experience of your son god come to us in human flesh may we take to heart the things that he says And may you, Lord, by your spirit, open our hearts to receive them and to understand them and to grasp them and to make them our own, that we might be transformed by them and find in you everything we have ever hoped for. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.